Good afternoon, good evening, good morning, wherever you're listening to this podcast. This is Glenn, GA WrestleNut on Twitter. Um, you normally uh, you'd find me talking about wrestling with at EPO and NFL Jeremy, but today we're doing something slightly different. I've got a different guest with me, and he's a man who is known in the bestie chat as what the hell is he talking about? He is at Simon Andrew. I can't remember the rest of you. Anyway, it's Simon. How are you doing, Simon? I'm all right. How are you? I'm really good. Oh, it's Simon Andrew too. That's it. Yeah. What? What is, the, is that really what goes on? Is it? <laughs> what, is he, what is he talking about? Is that that's the thing? I knew it. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, what we're here to talk about today, it was 55 years ago today that this recording will be dropping, that uh, there was an album created by four gentlemen who arguably were the top pop band at the time. Yeah. Arguably, I say, because everybody has their own favourites from that period. Everybody else is wrong. <laughs> I wouldn't. I wouldn't include that. Arguably, but you're nicer than I am. Mm. There you go. You've answered. You've answered a question that was asked to me the other day. Um, we're talking, ladies and gentlemen, about Sergeant Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club Band. Yes. Um, not the bad film, but the the, the really really great album. Um. I've got pages of notes about that film. You told me to reject it. So now we're not talking <laughs> about the film. Nope. No, no. I, if you want to talk about the film, feel free. I, no. I don't know. I'm just... Awesome. I like to be positive. You know, you know what our podcasts are all about. It's the positive look on things. And there's not a lot positive to say about that film, really. Oh, no, that, that film is positive. It's positively awful. <laughs> it's just... It's just... Billy Preston. Oh, I just no. I could. I could, we could do another hour on it, but no, yeah, no, we're not going to. Um, no. So before we start actually dissecting the album, um, yeah. Jeremy asked me the question to ask you. Um, he said, "As conceptual albums, Sergeant Pepper's or Pet Sounds?" It's not even a question. No, I know it's not. But the, I, beach, the Beach Boys only get the recognition they get because the first three letters are the same as the Beatles. <laughs> That's it. Pet, it sounds, is, Pet sounds isn't even in the in 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 the conversation. As far as I, I, I don't mind the Beach Boys, but as far as I'm concerned, it is like trying to compare apples and oranges. Yeah, it's not. Yeah. <laughs> a lot, a lot of people will. Mm. But there was a conversation. It's basically there's there was a conversation going on, like when it starts to get interesting with the Beatles, they did Rubber Soul and Revolver, yeah, and then the Beach Boys said, oh, "Okay, we'll we'll do Pet Sounds," and then they did Pet Sounds, and then the Beach, the, then the Beatles went, 
Oh, okay. Well, we can beat that. Yeah, we'll hold my beer. <laughs> yeah. So in terms of that that bit of a conversation between the two between the two bands, that's pretty cool. But other than that, nope. So we'll start. Uh, I'll just give the the peoples a little uh, sort of brief layout for this. Mm-hmm. Um, they retired from touring in August 1966. Um, the sessions for the for Pepper started on the 24th of November 1966. So although they decided that they were going to stop touring and do all sorts of individual things, there wasn't a lot yeah. of individual things done before they did, before at least Paul and John decided that they were going to go back into the studio. Um, yeah. I think we'll hear from you later on that the other two were a little bit more reluctant about it all. Do you know, since since I've <laughs> I've done a bit of pre-work about I've actually given a care about what I'm gonna say to you today, Glenn. Um no, say what you want. Is it we're not gonna this is not gonna go end up on channel five or anything, is it? So you can say whatever. No, you no, want. what what I was gonna say was I thought that going in, what I said to you months ago, mm-hmm. I knew that already because that was, I don't know, I've absorbed that anthology. Yeah. Right? But because we had so long, you told me about it in February or January yeah. or whenever that was, I had so long and I thought, let's do a bit of reading just in case I don't know everything. And it turns out that... Nobody wanted to. Nobody really was interested in this in this in this album, apart from one person. Paul. Paul. Yeah. I, I, I read that too. That he, um, he was basically the the leading force behind. It was an ego trip for him more than anything else. Yeah, and it's the same. I go through the same issue with other people that are really impressive and really focused. Like in terms of football, Cristiano Ronaldo is the same. It's the mm. same way. And that personality trait winds me up. He might be the best and really good at what he does. And he might be dragging a load of other people along with him. But if I was one of the other people, it would wind me up something chronic. Mm. So I can understand how, in this session, Paul McCartney going, come on, guys, come on, guys, would just wind everybody up. And apparently yeah. apparently, it did because John and everybody else, was, were all, they were all doing other things. And mm. to be fair, John wasn't doing an awful lot, but John wasn't interested no. at all. <laughs> he had Joko and they was, that was it as far as he was concerned. Yeah, no, at this point, at this point, it was still annoying um, Cynthia. But Cynthia Cynthia tries to get involved in some of the writing for Sergeant Pepper, and he tells her where to go. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's understandable. (laughs) Yeah, we'll get into it in some of the songs later on, but there's one particular. Yeah. She she tries to add a few words, and he, he just flatly refuses to listen to her so yeah they were still together but it was going downhill and very very quick yeah now i knew um there 
they were the the final album that there were other tracks uh, recorded for it. What I didn't know until I had a I had a little research round was it was uh, Strawberry Fields and Penny Lane were two of the two of the tracks. Uh, now you couldn't even imagine them on that album. No, that's when basically that's when that's when it all starts. If you look at Sergeant Pepper as a period, it has to start with. Um, the two that you've mentioned, mm. Strawberry, Strawberry Fields, Penny Lane, um, because literally the concert that you mentioned at Candlestick, yeah, was I did a bit of research on that, and um, it is literally them not giving a fucking fuck. <laughs> and there was what there's one point where, um, what's he called, Tony Barrow, the ex, the express guy, yeah. They asked him to go and record, stand in the middle of the field with a microphone, a bit like we do, and record it because it's going to be the last one. <laughs> and they're all taking, they've got like, I've got the brand of camera, but we're not into that much detail. I think it was like the first brand of camera that did this. But they were all taking selfies with it on the stage while they're singing songs. <laughs> That there's not there's not a thing about maybe it's the last one we didn't know it was the last one apparently according to everything they did on stage everybody knew it was the last one it was yeah it was definitely had a last night feel to it yeah so at the, at that point it's funny because at that point when nobody was listening they took whatever they took off like six months or whatever. Mm-hmm. They made sure when they came back, they didn't give anybody a choice not to listen, did they? No. <laughs> Everybody was like, right, you're going to listen to it now. Sergeant Pepper, Penny Lane. And by the way, we're working on something else that's, that's even better than that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, EMI decided that they wanted Penny Lane and Strawberry Fields as a double A side, which. Yeah. He turned out to be a good move. Um, but like you said though before, can you imagine those two songs on it on Sergeant oh, Pepper? No, but then again, you can't imagine many Sergeant Pepper songs actually as singles. No, I, I'm just thinking now, now that you mentioned it, you see, this is the good thing about a podcast because now I'm thinking, what what would you take off? What would you take off to put that to make room for that? Because uh, it's not a concept, I'll get into it later, but it's not a concept album, really. Nobody except nobody except Paul thinks it is. No, um, John. See, there's two, there's two interviews with John that you really need to list that you really need to pay attention to. The first one is really, really angry in like 71. Mm-hmm. And the second one is in 1980 for Playboy, and he's a bit more mellow for that one. But both times, when he when he's angry and when he's older and mellow, both times doesn't like Pepper at all. Mm-hmm. He says that it's not a concept album. Um, everything that he everything that he suggested could have gone on any other album, and the whole the only thing that's basically running it as a thread are the big is the beginning 
and the end, like the, yeah. the reprise. And he said, he says, in 1980, I think he says, uh, we it worked because we said it worked, but everything that I suggested could have gone on any other album. Yeah, I think part of it as well. Uh, as as a listener back at that time and hearing it for the first time, it was that sort of thing where uh, it came across. Although you realise as you go on and listen to it that, that that it is all individual tracks. Yeah, but it seemed to be like the first time that a band had gone out of their way to try and blend this, everything together. So yeah. it's. So it ran more smooth. You weren't literally going there and picking the arm up of the record and putting it on the next track. No. That's to the whole thing. As much as I don't like it, I don't skip any of it. No. Because I do find... I don't know whether it's it's my brain that's talked me into this, but I do find there's a theme because a lot of it was either... Maybe I've applied this actually because I know how it was all written and stuff. It's all about home. It all seems to be about homes and things falling apart, and and then yeah. once it's all, once that's all done, there's a few bits of you know maybe possibly potentially drugs, uh, quotes folks, but <laughs> but there is a theme there if you want to find it. Like I said, you might have to talk yourself into it a little bit. Yeah, I suppose I've talked myself into it over the years. That, that I can see that, that it is, as you say, it seems to, it all seems to be about, like, from, um, I'm not sure whether it was a dig at the other three because they were being that reluctant, but get by with a little help from my friends. Maybe. It, it seems to be like, mm, maybe. And you start up, you start off with that, and then to appease John, you put Lucy in after it. Yeah. See, so a... See but that that that's another one where, like I said, I think one person, all it takes is one person to have a really good idea. And yeah. whether if you're into it, then everybody's gravy. But if you're not then that one person is a massive prick and you're like, I was in my garden 10 minutes ago. Why the hell am I here? Yeah. Let's, let's just write about anything. My God, let's just write about cornflakes. There's a song about cornflakes on, by the way, fellas. That's, see, I'm foreshadowing. But it's like, fucking, well, if you want a song, I'll write about cornflakes then. Have that. Yeah. It, it's mad. But even though I don't like it, not liking something from the Beatles is a bit like, I don't like that letter in the dictionary. D, <laughs> D in the dictionary isn't my favourite letter. Or yeah, it's like it's not like like it, not liking something else. Like I, I don't like Pink Floyd, and I quite happily will never listen to them. But Sergeant Pepper, even though I don't like it, it still gets played to death because it's the Beatles. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, uh, for this, for all the the stories that have come out about it, and everything, it, it, it will never. You know, it is basically my favorite Beatles album. Always has yeah. been, and yeah. I suppose it's because 
it really was the first one as I was growing up that by 1967, I was getting to the age where I was paying attention to music a bit more. Mm-hmm. Everything, see, you know, Yellow Submarine as a six year old was unbelievable. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah. Uh, they do, they've done they done a few things though, haven't they? By then, this yeah. is they, they'd got out of. By then, they'd got out of that. I love you. You're brilliant. Mm-hmm. I might kiss this other girl. I want to hold your hand. Nonsense. And they'd come up with three really good. They, they'd come up with three really good recordings. So it's a wonder that the Beach Boys, going back to what Jeremy said before. It's a wonder that the Beach Boys ever did come up with anything to compete with it because it's like, well, okay, apart from the first few albums that the Beach the the, the Beatles did, there's Rubber Soul, Revolver, and Sgt. Pepper. So it's like, okay, well, I'm gonna write three books in the middle of my in the middle of my career, right? One of them's gonna be the Bible. One of them's gonna be the Kama Sutra, and the other one's the dictionary. So it's, you know, and then I'm and then I'm gonna quit, and then yeah. we're gonna go off and do something else. But those three albums, like Revolver, Rubber Soul, Sergeant Pepper, or whatever, if you go further than that, like I only did three albums, but one was I only wrote three books, but one was the dictionary, one was the Bible, and one was the Kama Sutra. Move yeah. on, yeah, yeah. you know. It's a, yeah, no, no other, no other band would have got got away with writing a song oh. about a one night stand where the bloke gets peed off because uh, yeah. the girl, the girl won't put over to say so burns her house down. Yeah, but yeah, a little bit of arsenal. Yeah, why not? Yeah. Eh? Hmm. And 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 the great thing about Sergeant Pepper is they would they'd gone quiet for like six months, so. All of the people, whoever was around, like Herman's Hermits, maybe I don't know, but the Beach Boys, maybe, are even sitting there thinking, "We've got them. We've yeah. just, we've just did, we've done Pet Sounds. That's it. They're gone. We've finally got rid of the Beach. We've finally got rid of the the Beatles. Mm. And now all of a sudden, like six months, where have they gone? And you think, "Hello, Dr. Pepper. Yeah, and, you know, beat that." <laughs> That's right. Um, at that time, the Stones didn't give a monkeys because they would they 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 were soaring band. They didn't worry about selling records anyway. Yeah, they still are, aren't they? As well. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> was all about being on stage. He was he wasn't really worried about. You know, it's a bit like with Freddie Mercury. They weren't worried about actually, apart from putting Mills in front of them and paying the bills. They weren't mm-hmm. worried about turning out albums or singles or anything. It was but, all about yeah. getting in front of a crowd. Same with Queen, though. I mean, where do you go after Bohemian Rhapsody? That's it. That's it, and yeah. Even if the rest of it is absolutely shit, and some of it was, <laughs> we did Bohemian Rhapsody. We inv- we wrote we wrote the dictionary. Yeah. Congratulations. You're welcome. Yeah. Um, yeah. How inspirational back to back to Pepper was it when it got the press talking about it, not for the album, but for the fact that Lucy in the Sky with Diamonds spelt out LSD. Yeah. <laughs> there's there's absolutely no truth to that, but it was funny. Uh, yeah. It's funny looking at the reaction 
because there's a, there's an ep there's an interview again. Always check interviews with John Lennon. Always about anything. He's he's brilliant and he's to the point. Yeah. And there's one I think it's on Mike Douglas or someone in America, and he said he says, "Oh my God." And he was looking through all of the song titles for every single album, way back to the first one. He's like, I wonder if, if, if they spell anything else. Oh, my God. Yeah. It, it was so far from, from what he thought. But it was a nice story in the press, though. Oh, yeah. Uh, uh, to be fair, it was, a, it was a nice story of how he told it. Yeah. <laughs> it was, it was a, a kid's picture. Yeah, it is a it is a kid's picture. I've seen, I've seen uh, it. Yeah. The picture. Yeah. Yeah, it's not a very good one, is it? Well, no, it's a kid's picture. <laughs> but you can I see where the inspiration came from. Yeah, and you can understand how a kid, mm. Julian, is going to come home from from nursery or wherever and go, and just tell you exactly yeah. what it is. Like yeah. John asks, "What? What's that?" You can understand a five-year-old is going to go, it's Lucy in the sky with diamonds. Like, yeah, because my nephew does it. My nephew does the same thing. You mm. ask him, why did you do that? And he'll go, because this, 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 and this. Mm. And you think, of course. <laughs> that's, exactly, that's exactly what it is. Just uh, going on... After, uh, I can't even think of the, the, I should really have written down. I thought I could rely on my memory, which is terrible, to, 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 know, the, to know every track on the album all the way through. But uh, without sitting here and singing them all, I can't. So um, another, another track, She's Leaving Home. Yeah. yeah. Talk about. Um, That's a nice one, isn't it? Oh, and... Anybody that's uh, had adolescent teenage girls mm -hmm. knows exactly the feeling that that song gives. You know, yeah. Everything for her, and yet it's not enough. Because we a, yeah. I again, though, there wasn't much inspiration in that. No. Because literally, as we'll go on to talk about later, as we've said before, John Lennon was in a really lazy period. Yeah. So if it didn't come out of a newspaper or a conflict advert, he wasn't going to write it. No. <laughs> so literally, all of that, um, what did we ever do that was wrong, whatever, whatever the parents said yeah. in the song, that's all from newspaper from the newspaper story about the missing girl. Oh yeah. The parents yeah. Are like, oh my god, we we don't know. What did we do? Yeah. <laughs> we literally just copied it. Yeah, we gave her everything. Yeah. yeah. What did we do? It was uh... did they find I can't remember. I did read it, read about it. I think she they found her like 30, 40 years later, and she was married to the guy that she ran off with. Yeah. And and she's a bit she they they asked her at the end whether she regretted it or whatever and she's like yeah I did because my life turned out so bad even though she she made the decisions 
she still <laughs> regretted it. So there's a bit of haha um, <laughs> karma about that song a little bit. It is. Um, have you got anything on the George Harrison's? I read a bit about this, and basically they turned the, the studio into uh, an Indian den, shall we call it. They hung yeah. uh, carpets from the walls and just to get the right ambience and the filter, the lights down and got the incense burning. And yeah. Puffed on stuff. And... But that again, that wouldn't have caught... If George Harrison was into this album at all, that wouldn't have happened, would it? No. It, it was literally like, well, this is what I'm, this is what I'm into, and mm. you're making me, Paul, Paul's going to come up for, with a lot of flack for this episode. I'm really sorry, Paul. But... <laughs> I doubt if you listen. <laughs> but this but you can understand George George was like, well, this is what I'm doing, and you're making me record some that. Mm. So so it's gonna be completely Indian. How about that? And there was no there's no Beatles on the on the recording either. No, it's all Indian artists on that. Yeah. And there's a, there's some crazy instruments on it as well. Yeah. <laughs> like there's tambulis and things, you know tablers and things like just loads of things and probably a few joysticks and all that as well yeah yeah and uh, as i say a bit of puffing probably went on to uh probably to chilled yeah. chill the atmosphere yeah somewhere somewhere george harris george martin's in the back in the background going all oh, right i saw them smoking a lot but maybe maybe george is in this room apparently smoking you can <laughs> proper such a milk monitor we probably didn't. We probably didn't have any fun with, no. with George Martin around. You, you could you could actually sit with George Martin because he looks like that. Yeah, he looks like he looks like he's the milk monitor. He looks like he's yeah. the one that's going to go around tatting at everybody that might be having a joint or whatever. EMI right had a when when he started with the Beatles had a shirt and tie policy. Yeah. You know, you know, he already he already had the shirts and ties. He yeah. didn't have to go out and shop for them. <laughs> no, like, oh, I'll wear one every single day. Yes, I will. Of course, I will. Yes. And even in the later recordings, when you see well, they're recorded in the studio. That mm -hmm. later on, you'll see him in a shirt and tie. Yeah, it's like that's a very caftans and God knows what, and he's yeah. everything. Doing his shirt and tie. There's some, there's some crazy stuff, and he's always in the background going, "Nope, shirt and tie, please." Like, oh. Yeah. <laughs> but again, that that would annoy me. Like John, John always tells a story about how John, uh, George, Martin pissed him off, and Paul yes. pissed him off in this in this period, and you can totally see it because yeah. he's getting all trippy, and George is getting all trippy, and then you've got. George Martin going, no, I don't think we should do that, John. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> and Ringo Ringo being like Dylan from the Magic Roundabout, didn't give a shit about anything, really. Nothing. <laughs> I, I just, yeah, yeah, nothing. For the whole of his life. For the whole Still, of his Beatles career, nothing. Still, well, even now, I've seen him do interviews where all he says is peace and love the whole time. It's and everybody crazy. thinks it's wonderful. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's not, though, is it? But... No. <laughs> half of, like literally half of I, I tell you 
um, Ringo learned to play chess on Sergeant Pepper because there was nothing else to do. <laughs> he'd do the basic drum track and then they'd spend like months and months like overdubbing things. He'd done his drum track like six weeks, six months before. So yeah. he was like done. I don't know why he even turned up to be fair. No, no, probably to make sure that he got he got some pay out of it at the end of it. Maybe. Did you see have you seen Let It Be? Yes. He's basically the same in Let It Be that I would imagine he's like in Pepper. He's just sat there going, they want me to drum? Do they want me to? No, they don't want me to drum. Yeah. Do they want me to drum now? No, they don't want me to drum now. And he literally just sits there and goes, I'm making, yeah. a, I'm making yeah. a film in an hour. <laughs> yeah, you actually see him at times it, it, it let it be just nodding off behind a drum kit. You yeah. just, yeah, for the sake, sake of the fact that they're doing the documentary. <laughs> yeah. But he does not, not one fuck does Ringo Starr give. Like, the whole reason Let It Be was as, as contracted as it was into like six weeks or the whole of January or whatever it was, was because he was fucking off with um, the Magic Christian to make that. Yeah. Like, well, I don't care what we're doing now, but I'm going to make this film at this point. So get it sorted. And, it, you know. He's gonna drag Ringo off off his garden, you know. You've got to give him something to do, and he, they didn't give him anything to do on Sergeant Pepper, so he learned to play chess. Fairly, that's fairly understandable. Well, yeah, chess is a strange thing to be learning, but especially, but uh... <laughs> yeah. Well, I don't know what they do now because there's the, there's no way this album could happen now, is there? No, because. If you were bored, you wouldn't be in a studio playing chess on George Martin's chess pieces. No. You'd, you'd literally sit at home and phone it down the line and then go play with your kids in the garden or something. Once you'd done your bit, you didn't need to be there. No. You'd never be able, you'd never be able to do that now because it took... I don't know. Months and like I think I've got it written down somewhere, however many hours it took. But it's like 150. It's like 150 days or something. I don't know. Months. Yeah, it was they started the sessions on the 24th of November 1966. And then they finished recording on the 21st of April 1967. So right. it was six months. Yeah, but every single one of those days, everybody was in. Yeah. And George wasn't into it. Brinkle wasn't into it. And and John, quite frankly, went on everybody's interview after that and said that everything that he did and everybody else was shit. Yeah. There's only one person that's into it, and that's Paul McCartney. <laughs> Speaking of which... um. When I'm 64, yeah, yeah. strange ditty to chuck in the middle of this. Yes. What's your view on that? I don't have a very good one. Um, no, no, I don't mind it not being a very good one. I just want no. to know. What Paul, Paul, it's apparently one of the oldest songs he's ever done because he had it written... Um, when he, when John used to go down to Fourth Lynn Road in Liverpool, they yeah. when when they wrote together, 
It's one of the first songs. And he wrote it for when his dad was going to be retired. Mm-hmm. So he's, he, he had it written. And it's just the umpar, umpar 20s shit that yeah. Paul, Paul writes. He, he covered, he, he's covered a few albums of Wings in it as well. Mm-hmm. Every now and again, there's a couple on the White Album too. Every now and again, you get Decent Paul and then you get Dance Hall Paul that drives mm-hmm. me up the fucking wall. And it's always a, there's always a story involved, and there's always a nice little plinky plonky piano. Yeah, and everybody's well behaved. It's George Martin, basically George Martin on a record. Mm, yes, yeah. It's very sensible, very clean. Awful, hate it. <laughs> it's also why I don't why I like. Uh, Strawberry Fields over Penny Lane because one one was one was gritty and dirty and yeah no let's mess it up a bit and one was really like yeah sweet and saccharine awful it's it it works for some people and I've seen Paul live and I know that's what he does and some people love it but if you don't love it. Every now and again on one of his albums, he gets to that point and it's awful. Like a right he, he ruins the white album with a song about a dog for crying out loud. Yeah. <laughs> and it's not I'm not that there's anything wrong with a song about a dog, but it's so blim 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 blim. Oh awful. Mm. Like you say, it's that that that's like it's it's with um that sort of comparison, it's the same between, say, uh, lovely Rita and when I'm 64. One is telling a story, it's down to earth, it's a bit gritty, and the other one is just that bubblegum, yeah, hard, poppy sort of. He had two, there was two on Tangent Papa. The other yeah. one, the other one is about a traffic warden. Yeah, and he thought, and he thought it was edgy. Oh, there you go. There's the headline. He thought it was edgy in um, uh, "Lovely Rita" because he changed traffic warden to meter maid because of his American friend that was staying with him. Yeah. And he thought, he thought, oh, that that'll be edgy. I'll change it to the American. <laughs> still, a, it's still shit. Yeah, plus, lovely Rita Traffic Warden doesn't scan very well either. No, but then if you can't make it scan, don't write the song. <laughs> that is very true. Just you know, there you go. We wanted to know where we would put where we would put um, Strawberry Fields and Penny Lane. There you go. Yeah. Bim, bim both the paws off. Yeah. Off. Mm-hmm. When I'm 64 and lovely Rita. Because even in the even in the song, he doesn't like have sex with her in the back in the back alley. Like he's not, he's not having he's not taking drugs with her, is he? He's inquiring and he's like inquiring discreetly, which sounds a bit weird. But it's Paul McCartney. You can, you know you know that inquiring discreetly is exactly what it sounds like. Yeah. 
sitting in the living room with his sister or two, <laughs> sitting Ooh. on the with his sister or two. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> family's there. If John Lennon said inquiring discreetly, you'd be like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. No yeah. Shit. a bit of a w wink and a nudge, yeah. But with Paul, you're like, no, that's exactly what happened. <laughs> are you are you free for a date? Are you? That's very good. Yes, because he's like I said before, he's the living embodiment of George Martin. And I am <laughs> so glad I got you to do this. It's cathartic as anything else, isn't it? To let it all out. <laughs> all, all, right, all of John Lennon's songs on this, even though he hates some of them, most of them, mm -hmm. a lot of them. Yeah, they're all brilliant. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I don't care. Oh, the the good morning, good morning is the one about the conflicts. I've dropped that. I'll drop that now. I was teasing that long enough. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like I said, like I said before, if it doesn't come off a, at that point, if it didn't come off a TV commercial or a newspaper, he was not writing it. No. Even, even even Lucy in the sky, his son literally put the the paint the picture in front of him. He didn't have to work for it. He's no. like reading reading a newspaper, and then son comes along with the picture. Oh, that's great! That you can tell with "Good Morning." If you, anybody that knows the lyrics to it, well, yeah. it's just total nonsense. Awful, but brilliant <laughs> at the same time. Yeah, like because. What's the matter? Yeah. It's about there's a death in Good Morning, Good Morning. Yeah. So it's it's not very clear. Like, all that um, uh, call his wife in. Yeah. The, the guy's dad. Cool. Like, I mean, it, like, it's called from Cornflakes, fair enough. That's a bit Paul McCartney. Ooh, I shall write a song about Cornflakes. But the guy, have you listened to the what happens to the guy in the song? Yeah. Like, he's dead and his wife gets to find it it's just yeah it's, bring, bring the wife in to identify the body yeah, yeah. <laughs> and there's nothing to say like okay well there you go john lennon literally had nothing to say yeah. which brings us talking about nothing to say today in the life uh, see, no, that that's good that I know where how they knitted it together. It was it the ultimate Lennon and McCartney, I suppose, in the fact that they both went away and wrote two different songs and they managed to meld them together into yeah. the end of Sergeant Pepper. Yeah, but again, I'm not bashing Paul McCartney, but it works. Hmm. If you if you separate it. There's a decent song that pop, that John's working on, again, that he didn't finish because he couldn't be asked. And then there's a really nice prim and proper, woke up, got out of bed, you know. Yeah. And he's having a comb. Like, all right, he may be having a smoke, but he's he's combing his hair. Like, yeah. it's very, very Paul McCartney. It is. But then again, back then, everybody used to go upstairs and have a smoke. You yeah. didn't, didn't, didn't read anything into that as far as being even drug orientated or anything. That was just no. Everybody, everybody smoked, and everybody that what did smoke, you just had to go on top, top of the bus to, to have a smoke. He, 
they did ask him about that because they they asked about the drugs all the way through Pepper. Yeah. And they got George Martin on it. And George Martin said, I don't believe there was drugs in any of it, quite frankly. <laughs> and he said that the only thing that he would would the only thing he would accept was that Paul was smoking woodbines. Paul, <laughs> Paul remembered smoking woodbines on the way home from school or the way yeah. to school. Yeah. <laughs> And it's like okay, well that that'll work. Yeah, that's it. That's it. This is the there's, there's a bit where I don't know. Does is there a bit in that song where he says we disappear? That bit might have been weed, but the first bit was about woodbines, and nobody's getting high off woodbines. No, no, it did get a bit trippy, but you know you wonder how much that was just put in there for effect rather than anything else. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, we've just, we've just debunked all of the drugs so far. So yeah. anybody that anybody that's still holding on to the fact that it's a drug album, related album, it, it's not. It's not at all. I mean, Sergeant Pepper. There's a rumor that Sergeant Pepper came from Doctor Pepper as well. So that's not even. That's not even naughty, is it? No. If, if Sergeant, if Doctor Pepper is is a drug, then. Peace and they love. Could, they, could have just, they could have just easy called it uh, Colonel Cola. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think that that is the rumour that um, that well, who is the guy the one that got shot? Mal. Mal Evans. He apparently um, said, oh, you should call it Sergeant Pepper like you like. Dr. Pepper. Although he also, he also said that he used to call Sergeant Pepper Salt and Pepper. That was mm-hmm. that was his nickname for Salt, Salt and Pepper, which sounds dull to be fair. Yeah, it would be. <laughs> like just just make it about drugs. I'd rather have it about drugs than Salt and Pepper. Thanks. Don't ruin the one of the greatest albums ever. We well, although we, we might have. We might be in the process of doing that for a lot of people. Sorry. <laughs> right, uh, I want to keep this down to about an hour, so we've got about 20 minutes left. Um, okay. Let's hear some of your deep dives that you went into and some of the uh, things that you've come up with on this. Um, I found out that the girl called Lucy, the books that I read, trying to find out whether you know and i saw the the painting so when anybody says it's not it's not about a painting they've made it up people have read the books and seen the picture and the picture's shit but it's a five-year-old's picture so fair enough but the guy that i read followed her founder lucy o'donnell and i think she was 30 or something by the time he found her um, for the 25th anniversary of Pepper. So a little bit like what we're doing now, but for the 25th. And he interviewed her and said, were you a big Beatles fan? And she said, um, in all fairness, without slapping him, she said, well, I inspired a painting when I was five. They were broken up when I was seven. You know, I'm like 35 now. It's possible... It didn't really enter my brain. Um, mm-hmm. but I, um, finding out 
for you on the 50. What did you say it was? 55th? Yeah. Right. So he found the other author found out that she was alive and found her and interviewed her and stuff. I found out that sadly she has died. Oh. So Lucy O'Donnell got um, cancer yep. about 97. I don't know. Um, yeah, but she's she's no longer with us. That's it. That's it. I'm not going to leave it on that. No, no, no. No, I hope not. No. <laughs> Some of the people that were rejected for the front cover, they're pretty funny. Um, I don't know if you've... If you've... I, I haven't. No, no. I'm, I'm interested to hear this because there's everybody that's everybody that's on that cover. So yeah, rejected. There must be a good reason for it. I think you and me are pretty clever most of the time i think we could we could come up with a few that would be rejected but um there's a few that i didn't think were on there but there's a there's a football there's a liverpool footballer on there too which john put on for his dad now they didn't always get on so that was nice to be mm. fair uh the liverpool footballers called albert stubbins all oh, right i didn't know he was on there yeah, I don't. I. This is the research that I've done, fellas. Um, I don't remember. Didn't see him on the thing. I don't know where he is. Don't know the number on the on the cover, but he's on there. And so is Edgar Allan Poe, which makes sense because half of Lucy in the Sky with Diamonds is basically because of Edgar Allan Poe and all of that. And who else? Oh, yeah. They all, they all got told. Peter Blake, the the guy in charge of the cover, basically told every, all of the Beatles to find 10 people uh -huh. that, they, that they wanted on. John wanted Drew Sutcliffe, so he's on there. Um, but the rejected ones that I told you about, Adolf Hitler, rejected. Yeah, obviously, yeah, that was a, that was a good bit of rejection. Yeah, Jesus Christ gone. Mm -hmm. Now, Peter Blake or somebody decided that there was already a model babe on there, so Bridget Bardot got the bullet. She was yeah. rejected, but the there is somebody on there that's a bit Bridget Bardot, like a babe of the time. So maybe you you'd remember that. I don't know who it was. I can't remember. Diana Dawes. There you go. There you go. Like a tag she, team. Yeah, she was the uh, the British bombshell at the time. There you go. And also, the other one that I found interesting for rejected, EMI India rejected Gandhi. Oh. Because, because they didn't want to offend people in the <laughs> Indian market. <laughs> of course, Aunt Gandhi's really offensive. He's uh, up there yeah. with him, right, being offensive, isn't he? Of course. I don't know. See, uh, when I found that out, I, that's my first reaction. I was like, well, how offensive was Gandhi, really? But I'm sure somebody is going to come along and go, well, actually, Gandhi, man, you know, like like they do with Winston Churchill. Yeah. So, 
maybe there's bits in history and stuff, but yeah, EMI India stepped in and, and got rid of him. Oh, yeah, most of them. So basically, anybody that mass murdered a load of people and religious figures, all gone. And Bridget Barrow. Yeah. And yet there's fatty arbuckles in there. Yeah. <laughs> and there was not a nice, nice bit of work. <laughs> no. That's it. And you can you can see. Yeah. It's strange. The, the, the research that I did didn't go into specifics, but some people presumed that a lot of George Harrison's got rejected because, like I said, he was very up there. There was probably like the world's favorite, world's most famous tambourine player. Yeah. <laughs> right, who played on Wonderland by night or yeah. something. And he's gone, just to be, just to be the needle that George Harrison was, um, he's going to be, oh, well, I want that fella. Mm. So, yeah, they rejected most of his, and they rejected a lot of Ringo's as well, apparently. I don't know who's, I don't know who was on Ringo's list, but most of his got, got I imagine that there were some wacky ones. Possibly. <laughs> Possibly. <laughs> Every time they've tried to redo it now, it doesn't look as good, though, does it? No, it doesn't. Like, I've seen, I've seen a few things. The Simpsons did a recreation. That was pretty good. But in terms of in terms of um, tribute albums and stuff that have done the same cover, all of the people I don't know whether it was the collage that they used or all the people, but it just doesn't look. They're never going to be able to do that again. No, I, I'm not into tribute bands that do that sort of thing in these tribute albums. Yeah, yeah. I love the analogs, but I don't think. Uh, uh, but I think part of the reason that I love them is the fact that how accurate they are musically but they don't try they don't, they're not going out there in silly wigs and dressing up and making it try and look like they're the Beatles they're just paying homage to the music yeah and yeah if that's the that's the best thing you can do if the if the end of your concert after two and a half hours of your own music if the best you can do is is the best sound-alike version of something from Sgt. Pepper, then what does that say about the album, really? Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> it's all there. Um, what was I going to say? Yeah, the other things that I was going to mention was um, Cynthia in this whole thing annoyed mm -hmm. the bejesus out of John. Like there was bits of there was bits of rhymes where she was she said, Well, wouldn't this sound wouldn't this sound good? And John was like, No, you stupid cow, it doesn't work. Go away. <laughs> <laughs> so you can sort of see that that them two were fighting, but she was she was coming along going, I actually think this would look work well. And uh, he's got, he just didn't want to know. Luckily, by the time they record again in the White Album. The cover's gone, the extra pipes and you know the drug stuff is gone, the white cover, the white cover's there, the rock's there, and John's met Yoko. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
Well, that's an interesting story on its own, the concept of the White Album and and why it became the White Album. Yeah. That that cover, that original cover, it was no surprise that it became the White Album, really. No. <laughs> you have that on your shelves in the record shop. Yeah, you'd have to Google that, listeners. Yeah, yeah, yeah I was going to say, oh, I'm not going to describe that. Google it. <laughs> I'm sure... If we, Anybody that's interesting could Google that and find out how yes. countries. <laughs> but they were still, even though it's about to get interesting for, for them, like because after this they do the white album, they go off to India. You've basically lost George. The minute he goes off to Bangor, that's it. He's off. He's cheating on people, playing sitars, that's it. Gone. Um but John and Paul were still working together because they were still, like you said before, you, they were still finishing each other's songs. And for all the happy bits that you get from Paul, you get the other side from John. Like yeah. the, that, that works all the way through the album. There's, there's bits in Getting Better where um, Paul says it's getting better all the time. John's right there saying, well, it couldn't get much worse. Yeah, that's it. They they still work together. The yin and the yang of it. Yeah. Still, yeah. yeah, even though, like I said, bloody hell, I could have been at a barbecue if he if he didn't want to do this stupid fucking album. Uh, um, when when they when they still when they click, it still works. Like hmm. it's all the way through. There's there's bits all the way through. You have to do your own listening. Nobody. Well, I'm not gonna. Um, spoon feed anybody, but it's there if you want to listen to it. Like the he's one says one and one says the the opposite contrast all the way through. Brilliant. And I think on that upbeat note, we'll leave it there. Oh, we could have gone for hours. I've got loads more. Oh, we'll carry on for a little bit then. No, no, no. I don't mind. No, no, we're under the hour still. So if you want to, if you want to add to it, oh, oh, um, oh yeah, um, Lucy Donald, Lucy O'Donnell died of lupus in two thousand and nine. Oh, that's a nasty killer. That is it. I don't know. Yeah, it's a nasty disease. Oh, another, another, um. John Lennon song that was right there that he didn't have to work for. You've got the conflicts, the TV. What else? The picture that his son put in front of him. No work going on at all. Being for the benefit of Mr. Kite. Oh, that's <laughs> he's filming. They're filming uh, Strawberry Fields, and he decides, okay, Paul's getting too involved in this. I'm gonna go off. So yeah. he, t he takes Mal or somebody. It's always Mal, mostly. He goes off with Mal and they go and find an antique shop. And boom, there's the poster. <laughs> For the benefit of Mr. Kyle. Yeah. Absolutely, absolutely no work whatsoever. Ripped off completely. And yet it's genius. Yeah. And also, the sto uh, funny, funny story. For anybody that's listening in England... The poster that he quoted from was 
uh, about a post about a circus that was happening in Rochdale. So there's one for the northwest of England. Oh, yeah. Well. <laughs> well, that's a surprise, really, because <laughs> being all northwest boys and all of a sudden. Yeah. Sorry, what? I don't understand. Oh. But I have something. Oh. We're getting told off by Alexa. <laughs> yeah. Too loud. Um, little help is exactly what you think it is. It, yeah. was, it was just written at home. Oh, the other thing. That was the theme that I was going to, I was going to, I said runs through the album, but it's oh, not yeah. an it's not an intentional one. It's it's home. That's the theme of the album. Paul Paul got told, or the Beatles got told, they were making too much money and had to diversify. You know, mm -hmm. so he had to go. So he sent somebody. The people, the Beatles had people, didn't they? Yeah, yeah. So he sent somebody to Scotland. And then he gets a phone call in the middle of all this. And he says, Paul, I found a, a farm. It's an absolute shithole. There's no way you want to buy it. There's no way you can live in it. Yeah. Paul, being Paul, goes, yeah, buy it. Probably nice and prim and proper. Says, of course I want to buy it. Yes. Yes, of course. So he bought that. And that's, whole, that's the Fixing a Hole song. Um, I didn't know he's that. Got, yeah, he's got a farm. It's a farm in Campbelltown. And apparently, um, he got some brown paint and painted the farmhouse to make it look a bit better. And it, he didn't like it because it looked like the an aero bar. So, <laughs> <laughs> so then he sent somebody for he sent somebody some for some felt tips. And they decided that they were going to draw all over it. So, yeah, there's a farmhouse um, with a hole in it, with a hole in the roof. And then Paul's like, oh, yeah, fixing a hole. Huh? That's a great song. That'll do, yeah. <laughs> but it's also the same farm, by the way, that um, inspired Mull of Kintyre, like 11 years later. I was going to say, I think that you actually... You, in the video for Malakintar, you actually see the farm. Does it look like an arrow? Is it still painted brown? It's there. So, yeah, it probably is painted brown, but it's not It's not a highlight of that masterpiece of video work. Getting better is a bit of a throwaway, but Malakintar is the same farmhouse. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, that's the that's the theme that I came up with. Um because John and Paul were writing at their house or his house or one of them houses. Uh -huh. Um George didn't want to leave his house. John didn't want to leave his house. So houses are all the way through. Excellent. That's the theme. Excellent. <laughs> And that definitely is where we're going to leave it then. We've got a theme for Sergeant Peppers, and it's houses. Houses, yeah. Whether you want to leave it or whether you don't. Yeah. Right, Simon, tell the people where they can find you. Oh, just Google me. Just, um, just put my name in. Something I've written will come up. 
I'm never good at promotion, so just neither am I, have you guessed? But he yeah. is at... <laughs> that's Simon Andrew 2 on Twitter. Oh, and here goes my phone. And that, my friends, is so that is where we will call it a day. Thank you very much, sir. It has pleasure. been an absolute pleasure. Anytime you need me back, I will do it in a heartbeat. Great. So, till next time, guys and girls, goodbye. <laughs>